0: Welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing? Happy New Year. Yeah, sure. Why not? Everything's the same and will be the same.
1: Uh, for the time being but i'm trying not to be uh, a pessimist uh, uh, about this things will get better in 2021 it's just uh uh, you and i on the patreon this week did our movie related new year's resolutions and even then i said these are really like june and july (laughs) resolutions because uh that's as far maybe we should just all agree that 2021 starts in june (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's kind of true. Yeah, i uh, I started um, I started working out again uh, a few days ago, um, and uh, I was <laughs> I was telling a friend like, "Oh, are you doing that for like your New Year's resolution?" I was like, "Oh yeah, sure. Why not?" <laughs> like, it just it had nothing to do with that. It was more just like realizing like, "Oh, I think I can probably start working this back into my schedule." Um, but yeah, it's New Year's resolution. Like, it's all guess what i mean i i I totally get the idea of like just coming up with an arbitrary starting point just kind of as a as a helpful thing for yourself in the same way that people need deadlines but at the same time like hey you can try to improve yourself anytime yeah yeah no it's it's no one's gonna stop you except Uh, you what do you think of that uh these workout things are kind of motivational but yeah
1: uh, well, um, speaking of motivational, speaking of making better choices, you should upgrade your earbuds. Your oh, listener. Okay. <laughs> and you should do that by going to tweaked Let me tell you tweaked is uh, where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives, uh, today, uh, just catching up or, or revisiting some of the best metal albums of, of 2020. Um, and I, I uh, listened to uh, the newest album by the DC death, I guess death metal band, uh, Ilsa, I L S A, um, not the character from Frozen, um, but I L S A. Uh, their new album is called Prayer, okay. but it's spelled P R E Y E R. Here's the thing. <laughs> metal loves puns <laughs> it's, and it's, i don't yeah. understand why but the idea of this word but not spelled like you think it would be spelled is so prevalent in in metal and it's so corny for yeah. but that's the thing about metal metal is corny it's like you know what i've said this before about metal that it's like pro wrestling. I don't really like pro wrestling, but Mm -hmm. when someone says "Oh, pro wrestling, it's so fake. Well, you're not getting it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I think metal needs to be approached with some of the same, uh, the same
0: sort of mindset that it's all kayfabe in a way. Every time, Uh, every time you mention something about any, really any metal band at all, whether it be the name of an album or their name, whatever it is, or a song you really like, I always have this thought, it's like, man, that is just one half a click away from self-parody. Um, <laughs> but I guess that's the idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but this album is actually uh, really good uh, prayer. Um, and it sounded great on my tweaked audio.com earbuds that are available at a low, low price at tweaked audio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweaked and use the offer code pretension.
2: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Tyler? Yes? We have business to attend to Okay. because as you might have noticed, as the listeners might have noticed, the number of this episode, this is a numbered episode, we have, you know, our numbered episodes, we have our movie journals, either the Patreon, you know, patreon.com slash battle oh, yeah. Sign up anytime you want. But any numbered episode that ends in zero, but that number is not evenly divisible by fifty. Okay, I'm following you. That's a profile episode. So <laughs> we uh, we'll be we we'll guest, pro- I think, is a bit a bit lost, but that's uh, understandable. Yeah, this is a bit that I do every uh ten weeks, except for uh once yeah. a year when it's every twenty weeks. Uh, <laughs> Making it more confusing, but uh, so yes, we have we're doing a profile. We normally, do, I would say, most of the time, the profiles are just you and me. But sometimes we feel that uh, the person we're profiling would uh, be better profiled with uh the help of a of a guest Mm -hmm. and so we have brought back to the show for the second time since the pandemic uh started our our (laughs) second uh rejoining us on zoom uh terrence johnson welcome back to the show
2: oh thanks for having me when did we record that first pandemic episode I know I know, like, I know it was eighty years ago, but like
0: Yeah, exactly. I feel like it was yeah, at the beginning say, of the summer. Did it have did it have anything to do with Comic Con or did we just happen to talk a lot about Comic Con and Cosplay? I think I remember. Oh, yeah, we did about talk about cosplay, cosplay a yeah.
1: lot. Yeah, maybe it was you no, know, yeah. Yeah, that was Yeah, amazing. it must have been Yeah like I mean, May or June or something like that. I mean, you know, what
0: is time? Exactly um, and a hundred percent. I stopped. I, I don't know. I rarely know what day it is. Like if you were to ask me immediately, like, I'd just be like, "Hey, what day is it?" In the in the past, I could tell you, but like all of my, especially right now because I'm in between semesters, all of my hallmarks are gone. Uh, yeah. Not sorry, all my uh, landmarks are gone. um And uh so yeah, and you've I have watched no all idea. the
1: Hallmark movies on your DVR.
0: I know. So I've, that's, I, it's, it's, it's the only thing keeping me tethered to the world and to the concept of time. Uh, but yes, so no, I'm, I'm totally right there with you. I didn't know what day it was today. Uh, and what's more, it doesn't matter to me what day it is today. (laughs) Yeah. The only reason
2: why I I have kind of an idea of what the day is, is because I know that the day after tomorrow I will be back at work. So yesterday, yesterday felt like, a Saturday, And I was like, oh no, it's only a Friday. Okay. So there's one extra day of vacation. Yeah. That's nice.
1: Yeah. I also have to go. I mean, I'm not going, I work from home, uh, yeah. uh mm-hmm. since March, but I am also going back to work, uh, on, on the fourth. Um, the only, time, the only reason I know what day it is, is if, um, a reality show that I like airs on that day. So sure. I know, I know when it's Tuesday because that's chopped and now I know when it's Sunday tomorrow, because that's supermarket sweep with Leslie Jones, which I'm obsessed with. I don't know if you've got, if you guys watched the supermarket sweep no, reboot with Leslie Jones, it's so much fun. Uh, and, okay. and uh, as someone who likes, look, like a lot of the metal community, I like corny jokes. And, uh, the, 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 the food puns and the surprisingly high amount surprising for supermarket sweep, not for Leslie Jones, high amount of sexual innuendo on supermarket sweep is a ton of fun. So, uh, I'm nuts about supermarket sweep. So I know, I know tomorrow's Sunday because I'm going to order Thai food and watch supermarket sleep, which is what and I do
0: every <laughs> Sunday night. Now. That's I, I do think that, yeah, like any kind of routine, like every Sunday mm-hmm. you do this thing and then you watch this thing. Like, I feel like that's, that's the only kind of thing that can keep you kind of sane, uh, in a situation, uh, like, like this. I mean, certainly again, like you have like uh, a job that requires you to be somewhere, albeit uh, via zoom certain times of the day on certain days of the week. But nonetheless, yeah, if, if you can find any kind of consistency, I feel like that's vital. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what, um, what Terrence and I would, I talked about last time he was on is insecure, yeah. which is also a Sunday night show. And I'm re- I'm realizing that I go through, it's always Thai food and Sunday night TV, but I go through different like stretches of like, I'll be obsessed with one dish and have it a lot. So mm-hmm. like, now, when I think of Insecure, I think of the Prick King beef that I got, like, that I was super into in the spring. Like, those things yeah. are now completely, those tastes are, that taste is completely tied to the memory of, of that show. And so now, yeah, when I, when I look back at Supermarket Sweep, I'll be thinking of yellow chicken curry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's uh, so as I, as listeners know, um, Jen and I have been going through the Star Wars movies with uh, with a friend uh, of ours, and uh, essentially. In order of events, so starting with episode one, and we we just watched, and then we did include Solo and Rogue One, so we just watched Return of the Jedi, and so this so tomorrow is uh, uh, Force Awakens, but we're not watching it on the same day. But one thing that I that I do is I I order. I get Postmates and I get, yeah, people are going to judge me, whatever. I get Boston market. Cause I like Boston market. And it's to the point now that like, this has happened enough that I am now associating the Boston market specific <laughs> Mac and cheese with star
2: Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Terrence, I mean, what have I you mean, been eating? That's, that's pretty apropos. The star Wars movies do favor, uh, <laughs> and, um, especially the prequels. Uh, yeah. um, what have I been eating? Well, I've also started working out, so Tyler, that was nice to hear you, you know, talk about. Uh, So I've been trying to eat healthy. Um, For the most part, I have. Sure. (laughs) For the most part, I've been eating a lot of salmon. I, I, it got to a point during the stay at home where I looked in my freezer and was like, I do not have any meat in here. How am I living? (laughs) And. I was spending so much money on postmates and Uber eats and it's great because you know, there's lots of stuff around to eat. That's delicious. Uh, but I was like, I need, I can't ha- not have like some fish, some chicken, like yeah. some, some ground beef, anything <laughs> in my freezer. So I, I went on a bought of stuff. I've been eating relatively healthy. The only time it really um, hasn't happened has been on like holidays. So like Christmas, Christmas, sure because I'm, I'm a big holiday um, dinner person mm. that cook, you know, all of my recipes that have been handed down, you know, from generation to generation. So I always cook those on holidays. Um, and then on New Year's Eve, I went to the, the stand in Encino and got something because uh, that place is pretty tasty. I wanted to deliver. St-
1: is that like a, it's like a hot dog place. So, I don't know.
2: I, I normally, I think it's like a sandwich place.
1: Okay, I, I feel like I one, can picture it. There's one in Century Century City too, right? Isn't there?
2: I, probably.
1: Okay. Um,
2: I wanted it delivered, but the delivery fee was ten dollars. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'll drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to talk to anybody. They do curbside pickup. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much nothing. I don't have a particular thing. You don't have an association right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the last like show that I watched on the day of airing was The Undoing, mm. um, and that was a waste of time.
1: <laughs> Wish you could <laughs> click undo on uh, on that. Hey, position. look I, at dude, that! I,
2: you know, I, for Noma D- Dumesweni I would watch that show again. But for the rest of that mess, no.
1: I I didn't watch that one, but, uh, I won't, I won't put it on the list. Um, i tell you what happened. Oh, I I was going to transition into the episode. Uh, what I I was going
0: to say is, you know, now, obviously 2020, we adopted the twins. So obviously that's like the highlight of the year, boy, a really, really, really close second is us getting an air fryer. Um, because I have an air fryer. (laughs) What was that? I also have an air fryer. Do you? Oh, I was going to, I was, I recommend everyone get one. Like ours is not even is not top of the line by any stretch of the imagination, but it has changed the way it has changed what I, what I eat and how I cook. I cook more often because of it, man, I love it. Now they have a that she's yet. that
1: she's obsessed with, and she makes really good like cauliflower and Brussels sprouts mm-hmm. and stuff. But she's also a vegetarian, and has told me that she wants just like we have certain like. Cookware that I don't that I'm not allowed to make meat in just makes right. sense. Uh, she's told me I I'm, I was like oh Tyler said that I can make really good fried chicken in the air fryer and she was like well you got to get your own air fryer then. oh my god <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not allowed to make chicken in the air fryer. <laughs> uh, she's a vegetarian. I didn't say that, but no. that yes. uh, was probably clear. Now we're here to talk about so that this is all fun. But we're here to talk about uh, something that's uh, unfortunate um, as the these these profile episodes have uh, become tribute uh, memorial type episodes episodes to to film artists that we've uh lost and um very sadly uh earlier this oh no last year sorry it's January yeah. now uh last year um and very unexpectedly uh to I think most people chadwick Boseman passed away um so we're going to be going uh film by film through his filmography which um sadly. It's not that long, and I was able to... I think I. there's a lot of TV stuff I haven't seen, but I think I have now seen yeah. every film that Chadwick Boseman uh, oh. appeared in.
0: Um, yeah, he was definitely a TV guy for a, a good long while uh, yeah, before got, he got into film.
1: Yeah, All My Children, Third Watch, Law & Order, uh, CSI New York, and then you've got... His first, you also got ER and Cold Case in in 2008. But his first film, uh, 2008's The Express, uh, directed by Gary Flater, which we'll get into in a second. But do we want to start with any overall thoughts? Um, or do we want to save that for for the end? I know we'll get, obviously, to the MCU. And the reason we thought of Terrence is because uh, a lot of people love Black Panther. But I don't think I know anyone who loves Black Panther as much as, uh, as Terrence, um, especially as a cosplayer. Um, uh, the, I think the last time I saw you in person, Terrence, probably would have been back in January, uh, almost a year ago. Oh gosh. Yeah. At the uh, HCA awards show, which you presented an award in black, black Panther cosplay. I did.
2: (laughs) When I had everybody at the table thinking, I was like dying. Um... (laughs) Yeah. Aaron, Aaron Newark literally
1: called me. He
2: was like, is everything okay? <laughs> I was like, yeah, totally
1: fine. Um, right, because you, yeah, we should say yeah. you disappeared from the table to change into the, because you didn't tell any of everybody what you were doing. No. So, uh, uh, yeah, you were, you were gone for a little while there and then showed up in Black Panther cosplay. Yes. Uh, but, okay, so do, do we want to just get into the movies and save our thoughts, have our thoughts about his career and him as an actor come up As we go, or do do either of you have any opening thoughts you wanted to get to?
0: Uh, for me, not necessarily. And I'm certainly okay with, with just starting off because that is something that tends to happen when we do a profile episode is as we go, you know, performance by performance, we start to notice not similarities. I'm mean, of course that you're going to find that with any actor, um, or director or whatever, but you start to find underlying themes to like how you talk about this person. And so, yeah. um, with someone like Chadwick Boseman, who, you know, I mean, obviously, he died young, which is uh, very tragic. Um, but for as for for the fairly short amount of time that he was making movies, uh, he has a a pretty no, it was a pretty notable career. You know, it's mm-hmm. I mean, the vast majority of people, of course, know him from the MCU. But outside of that, he was doing some really good stuff and played some pretty uh, monumental real life characters and so uh yeah i think as we as we talk about his his individual performances we will definitely find some commonalities there as yeah. far as what he chose to play or how he chose to play them mm-hmm.
1: well real life characters uh, will come up a lot including in the first film but with the first film uh, what won't come up a lot in his films is supporting roles he uh, once he sort of burst went from tv to movies he became the star of almost yeah. every movie he was he was in but um uh the express from 2008 is uh, the rare example where it's it's i mean it's hardly even a supporting role he, i don't have you, either of you seen the express hmm. I've, I've seen it i saw it a while ago i don't know if i yeah he, he doesn't even show up till after the climax he's in like the denouement he's the neck because the the express is about uh, ernie davis the the first african-american uh, college player to win the heisman trophy and He was, he had, uh, he went to Syracuse and was, at least within the movie uh, reality, uh, Jim Brown sort of helped convince him to go to Syracuse. And then at the end of the movie, after he's won the Heisman Trophy and everything, it's him playing that role, being the mentor to another uh, young player, Floyd Little. And that's, Mm -hmm. so Chadwick Boseman has two scenes at the very, very end. um, And he is, but he is playing a real, Floyd Little was a real person. He is playing a real person. And, this will this is something that is going to come up what i'm going to say is going to come up a number of times and if i don't word it right it's going to sound like uh, a negative thing <laughs> which is that but i think it's there's something about chadwick boseman's presence that made people s- project ideals onto him and so there are a number of this is p- probably why he played so many real life people there uh but there are a number of roles uh in, in which now i think chadwick boson brought things to these roles but the it's it's an idea before it's a character you know what i mean it re- it's a representation of something and the, this this role in the express is is very much that you know we don't learn anything about floyd little he's literally just uh the 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 representation of the movie's uh uh message about how each person who is able to get themselves through the door then turns around to hold the door ought, you know, ought to hold the door for the next generation. Don't pull up the ladder behind you. If you're the first, if you're Jim Brown, if you're Ernie Davis, you know uh, you, you uh, help the person uh, coming up behind you. And that's, that's what Floyd Little just represents the continuing of this tradition that that the movie has has established. Uh, It's a corny movie overall. It's not terrible. If you like football, it's not a bad football movie. I know Terrence is a big football fan, especially college football fan, but um, I don't know. uh, Terrence having seen the express, do you have any other uh, thoughts on that? Um,
2: Well, I mean, it isn't so much his, his movie as it is uh, someone else's. So it's Rob Brown, you know, kind of like an interesting place to, to start off the filmography, but it is interesting in terms of just where his career will go from here in terms of him playing real life people, mm-hmm. um, which is something other than playing T'Challa. It's like the thing that we most associate with Chad with Boseman. Um, so it's interesting sort of that the the first film role was this and then sort of seeing where he would go from there. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a fine movie. <laughs> um but yeah, it, it it's as we as we sort of get into his career, it's interesting to see that like that like this would be a thing that would kick it off, mm-hmm. um, you know, as opposed to something else, an original character. Uh,
1: well, the next movie he's in it is an original character, although I will briefly mention just because with among all this TV work, just the one that I actually remember was even though I haven't seen it since it aired, he was on an episode of Fringe. Um, i'm not sure i know terrence is a big tv person did you watch fringe terrence? i did not oh okay well the show goes to such places that even to describe what his character is on the show would be like a spoiler and i know this show has been off the air for the better part of a decade but i really love fringe and i really want people to watch it so i don't want to spoil uh spoil it but um uh he he he, he plays a character that uh has some traumatic things from his past that uh that he happens to share to have in common with uh, uh olivia uh and a of the uh, lead character of 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 fringe uh like i said i don't remember it that well and obviously he wasn't really famous yet when it happened so i it, but but i do remember the episode it's called subject nine anyway just wanted to mention that because i'm a big fringe fan uh the next movie up is The Kill Hole, which I watched uh, just the other night. Did either of you watch The Kill Hole?
0: No, I I, I oh. was I was thinking of like which which Terrence uh, not Terrence uh, I don't know why I said Terrence Malick uh, Chadwick Boseman because he directed Kill Hole. Right? Um, <laughs> uh, I was thinking which Chadwick Boseman movies to watch, and I saw this one it was not particularly well received, which actually sort of made me want to watch it more because what a, what an actor is doing in a in a poorly received film can sometimes surprise you. Um but uh, but no I didn't see it and that that title is not doing it any favors either.
1: Yeah, I was literally uh, so I I have uh, the sense so dumb but I have the my TV it's so it's I knew it was on Hoopla for free which you can you know if you have an LA public library membership you can uh watch Hoopla just like Canopy. Um, and I looked it up And so I, I, I watched it in the middle of the night and I have on my, my TV has the voice search thing. So like, I just press the button and say, instead of like going and typing with the remote in every letter, I uh, say the name of the movie. And so I put, I pressed it and I said, (laughs) the kill zone. And it like part up a movie called kill zone. And I was like, no, not this. Am I saying the kill zone? <laughs> and I had to like go back to IMDb and look up and be like, Oh, it's the kill hole, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, that is a, a bad title. I will say as, as far as the reception thing, I think this is one of those cases where uh, sometimes, unfortunately, I think critics are harder on movies that look and feel cheaper and expensive you know and and this is uh this is clearly a low budget uh movie um it doesn't have any real names in it except for people who are if you're a fan of uh character actor peter green which i which i am he shows up as a uh i guess like a cia guy but then maybe not but anyway um and it's the kind of movie where like you could tell when like the font of the credits or of the title is like an existing font that you could find in like Microsoft word. It's that kind of like low budget thing. But I actually don't think the movie is that, is that bad at all? It has, um, it has kind of a, uh, heart of darkness apocalypse now type of, uh, premise, at least for the first half. And then it, it, it changes, but Chadwick Boseman plays a, um, a, um, uh a veteran a special ops uh afghanistan veteran who is now living in what i think is austin texas um and working as a as a cab driver and and he's going to uh um these meetings uh which the other i, I said there were no big names but billy zane uh, actually plays another vet who leads these like support group meetings and And uh, one thing that you learn from the end credits is that other than Billy Zane and Chadwick Boseman, all of the actors in the support group, that's a real like veterans Mm. PTSD Mm -hmm. support group. And they're actually telling uh, real stories. And um, so that stuff, that stuff's interesting. But anyway, he gets, uh, so Chadwick Boseman, he's like trying to get away. He obviously has like this PTSD. He did some terrible things in Afghanistan and he's approached by, Like I said, maybe Peter Green and the guy who are maybe the CIA and uh, they want him to go into the the woods somewhere in Texas, Louisiana. It's not clear where another veteran has been like hiding out and plotting uh, like public assassinations. So he has to go you know, travel upriver and meet with this guy who's gone crazy and become, and, and become a, he's not, he doesn't have a whole cult, like, like in heart of darkness or apocalypse. Now it's just him up there, but he has, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he confronts this, this guy. And then the second half, that's, that's pretty much the first half of the movie. I won't really give away, uh, the second, but it's actually not a bad movie, uh, at all. It just looks kind of cheapy, but, um, uh, I do think it's a good uh, uh a good performance um, he's because he's it's unlike the thing I was saying before where he's being cast to represent an ideal you know uh, um, mm-hmm. for for the audience or for the other characters in the movie to to look up to here this is a very internalized performance this is a person who is struggling with having done horrible things and is also struggling with keeping that from ruining their life now uh, and then has to come face to face with someone who is dealing with probably their own PTSD in a very different way. Um, it, it's a, it's a very layered performance. Some of the dialogue might be a little uh, uh, over the top, but um, uh, it's, n- it's not a bad movie. I don't uh, Apparently, I mean, I guess the reception was bad enough that uh, Misha Webley, the director hasn't really uh, mm. made another um, uh, feature sense. Um, but that's, that's too bad. I would say if you have uh, access to hoopla, it's worth your hundred minutes or whatever. That's not a bad runtime. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I did watch some movies here that, uh, that have much longer runtimes, but anyway, that's, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm the only one who saw the kill hole. So let's move on to the movie where most of us actually learned who Chadwick Bozeman was was which is uh Brian Hellwin's 42 from
2: 2013. Brian Helo H- H- Oh my gosh, I can never pronounce his name. Right. His <laughs> last name, right? An alum of a uh, LMU. I have to throw that in there cuz that's where I went to grad school. Of course. Um yeah, 42. Uh You've got some baseball fans on this podcast. Uh <laughs> <maybe. Ooh.
1: laughs>
2: probably listen to this are baseball fans as well um so are very familiar with the story of jackie robinson um and this really kicked off i think this is where chadwick boseman saw a lane mm-hmm. of like i am going to play a certain type of black person um and it's it's interesting because like a lot of actors have that desire particularly actors who are not white are like i don't want to play a drug dealer i don't want to play a terrorist i don't want to play a prostitute i don't want to do any of that and then all of them are fighting for the one role right. <laughs> that is not any of those things so but like Chadwick bozeman as you can see over his career like has done that and this was really the start and i think it's interesting to see this is like the genesis of being able to say I only want to portray these types of characters and then get to do that. Um, I think because of the box office success of 42 that allowed him like some latitude, uh, to be able to make that decision and have sort of like, Hey, I was in this really successful movie about this really famous character. So the next time, you know, a famous black dude needs to be played, you know that you have a reliable box office draw with Chadwick Boseman. Uh, the film is really good. This is one of the films my dad loves to, anytime we talk about Chadwick Boseman, he always brings up scenes from this movie. And I'm like, yes, we have talked about this 10 times. Um, but it's really impactful <laughs> to people who get to watch it or people who might not. You hear the story, but being able to sort of bring it to life is, is interesting. And Chadwick really you know, is a key part of what made that movie work.
1: Yeah, I'm, I haven't seen it since the theater, but I, uh, I I really liked it, and I really liked his um, his his performance because um, uh, uh, one of the one of the things that that um, uh, Branch Rickey, the Harrison Ford character, talks about or says about Jackie Robinson in, in the movie is that there were there were a number of talented Negro league baseball players that he was looking at Jack Robinson had something more in ter- especially in the brains department. And I think Chadwick Boseman plays that Intel, the intelligence of Jackie Robinson, um, uh, very well. And, and how that, um, how his intelligence manifests in his reactions to how he's, he's treated, um, uh, becomes, Uh, uh, unexpected sometimes some of the some of the 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 ways that he reacts the ways that he doesn't seem to react and then you know that the the um the big scene that uh, i don't know to me the one that uh was when alan tudyk's character is just saying those of just a litany of awful racist things to him and he doesn't react and then once he's in the 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 corridor back to the the hallway back to the the locker room where no one can see him then he um uh then he he lets loose and that's very it's very uh uh, cathartic and memorable and visceral and filmic but uh it wouldn't have that impact if it weren't for all of the more subtle decisions he made leading up to that explosion yeah Tyler, any thoughts on 42? I,
0: I actually did not see 42. Um, oh. I didn't see it at the time. And and again, like in my uh, limited uh, time, I opted to watch a, a different, a couple different Chadwick Boseman movies. But uh, I, this is one I had heard really good things about at the time. And <clears throat> though I have not seen this film, you've mentioned something that I was going to mention uh, later, which is that like... I mean I guess a good actor can play almost anything and yet uh I do wonder like I don't think I don't think Chadwick Boseman ever played dumb like I, I think he he exuded a certain degree of intelligence uh and and I think and obviously a, a great deal of charisma but um but yeah he often plays characters that are whether whether they're real characters or not like there's always they always seem to be like he, he, he would do this thing where he would narrow his eyes uh, and it's suge- like he would, he did it as T'Challa. He did it in a number of these other things. And it really suggests like I'm taking everything in processing and analyzing, and I will come to probably the correct conclusion. Um, it's just it, like he, he managed to, like physicalize intelligence uh, which I thought was, was very interesting. And so, um, so it's, you know, obviously he's, he's gone now and, um, and and that's and he, he would play characters that are not necessarily educated but intelligence is not purely about that um and uh but it would be interesting to see him if he if he had gone on to play like a, a character that was not particularly bright um but uh i don't think that would happen because it's just it does, it's not real. it wouldn't have been very on brand like i think he was probably yeah. a pretty smart guy uh and and i think it came through in his characters
1: well, should we move on to another sports movie that, um, I mostly forgot about, but has a surprising, uh, level of, uh, or surprising number of defenders. And that's, um, uh, Ivan Reitman's draft day. I don't remember a single thing about this movie.
0: Okay. Well, um, Tyler, did you see draft day? no i didn't even though i remember you you said that you liked it right yeah i, mean, I kind of liked
1: it but i mean not there are people who like love this movie it's really sure, weird yeah. uh, it, it's 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 fan base um it, it's it's an enjoyable uh, movie um but uh, uh kevin costner plays the general manager of the cleveland browns um it's the rare football movie that was made with the nfl's um participation which means it doesn't have to be like any given sunday where it's like the Miami Sharks or whatever right. like it's all yeah. real teams uh which is yeah. interesting um but uh, uh basically he's been he's uh he's got the number 1 draft pick um the Cleveland Browns because they sucked and uh basically he's got all day to like maneuver to to try and turn it into uh a winning team or whatever and basically Again, I think you've kind of got Chadwick Boseman playing an idea here, um, which is basically like he plays Vontae Mack, which is very coded almost immediately as like, this is the right choice. If Kevin Costner ends up with Vontae Mack, that means he has done this correctly, but he's tempted to go with the other guys or whatever. Um, uh, it's I don't have much more to say about the movie. Terrence, did you see draft day? I saw it. Yeah.
2: But you don't remember? No. I don't. <laughs> Like I'm reading the summary on Wikipedia and I'm like, yeah, it seems like all of these things did happen. Um, Uh, I I think, well, I mean, this is now what back-to-back athletes in his filmography. Um, uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that's an interesting wrinkle. Well, Uh, that's that's, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And three out of four movies that we've covered, he's played an athlete. Um,
0: And, and in his, next film the character's not an athlete but he's often quite athletic uh and is extremely physical which i think goes to what i was saying before about like he's just i mean i was talking about him physicalizing intelligence but i think he was he was a very physical actor whether he's playing a superhero or an athlete or you know in this case a musician
1: it's very we'll get to that that movie uh it is it, it was very sad for me to watch um some of these movies for a lot of reasons, obviously because uh, he passed away so young, but also to see how thin he was in his later yeah. roles. Um, it, it's um, uh, it, it's upsetting to, especially to go back to older roles and, and see you're talking about this, this, this physicality and how Hale and Hardy uh, he, 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 he was, um, but we'll get to the later roles. Yes. The next movie up is I'm going to say to this day, my favorite, um, Chadwick Boseman performance. And that says James Brown in get on up. Uh, And here we're adding a new layer that I think will also come up a number of times in his movies is that uh, he there's intelligence, but he he can also play characters who are borderline, if not outright arrogant. (laughs) Uh, And he's, and he's very good at that. And that'll, that'll be something that uh, goes right through his, his his final film. Um, uh, But I love I love Get On Up um, for for a lot of reasons uh, but one of them is that not only is, we talked about Chadwick Boseman's intelligence but I think he's doing a thing where he's he's asking the audience to meet him on that, on that level, you know, a lot of times when you've got it, 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 in many ways Get On Up is the warts and all quote unquote uh, yeah. biopic, mm-hmm. but it's as it's the movie is James Brown's story as James Brown would like you to to see it. Yes. And then Chadwick Boseman and, and Tate Taylor are trusting you to see the warts. You know, not not necessarily putting them uh, uh front and center. Hmm. I don't know. What,
2: what are you I'd, I'd agree with that assessment. Um, it's also interesting that this is the second movie of the movies Chadwick Boseman has done that Spike Lee had some sort of involvement in developing, mm. um, before leaving the project. And so it's interesting to look at 42 and, and get on up in that respect. But yeah, I definitely think it's when, it, particularly because this biopic is told over a long period of time, um, which I'm glad that we seem to be entering a, a time with biopics where people are like, I don't want to tell somebody's whole life in a movie. I want to tell one moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I think it actually serves your characters well. And like Chadwick Boseman definitely acquits himself very well playing James Brown over this long period of time, but it just, by the end, I'm just like, okay, this is just a, like a whole life. <laughs> you feel like you do feel like you've lived a whole life. Um, but he's, he's great. You know, he does some singing, he dances and that's, you know, there are there are a few people that actors will have to play in their lives that it's like, if you mess up one particular thing about them, then like the movie's going to take. So it's like, if you cannot be a showman, yeah, you know, mm. this movie would have flopped. Um, but Chadwick Boseman is a very good actor, he was a showman and it didn't flop. So
1: he yeah. also got to do something in here that I. Uh, you know, I, obviously, I mourn uh, his death, but um, I, it's this is the only movie he's in where he really regularly gets to be funny. Boy, and, yeah, and and he does it great. I that, mean, that's a very enjoyable and and funny movie, and uh, it's surprising to look. Uh, I mean, there's obviously when he gets to the MCU, there's like that MCU quippiness. We'll get to, but that's not the same as some of the funny. Uh, the I mean the opening scene of get on up uh which uh in which he's uh, accusing is it a is it a church or an aa group or someone that's meeting next door to his offices and they share a bathroom and he's confronting them about who took a shit in his bathroom uh that's that's darkly very
0: funny yeah and it's and uh yes this is a movie that i did watch because i was really interested to see how he could play this character um and that scene is hilarious while also being kind of tense when you realize, yeah. and, and it's the kind of thing where like, I, you know, the film is, is told in a nonlinear way, but that, but his performance has to be linear. Like we have to see how he can go from being a pretty canny, uh, uh, bold young man to being a little bit crazy and not super self-aware while still retaining those, those same, uh, uh qualities and i think he manages to do that i think the fact that the that the film is told uh, out of order i think that does um that does kind of help things along a little bit but i, I it really does a, a good job of of I, I like the movie so much more than i thought i was going to um i thought it was going to be because it hits a lot of the standard biopic tropes but this the, the both the style and the structure of it creates something else. And it really feels like we are living inside James Brown, uh, and we are seeing the world and himself through that lens. And I think he plays him not as a purely idealized version, uh, of, of himself as James Brown might have seen himself, but I think he sees him as like just, a just, a, just this whirlwind of charisma and talent and intelligence and a willingness to go further than other people would go. And, but, but if you take all of those things and just twist it a little bit, you're like, Oh yeah, that's where you get that first scene. Like all of those things are there, but some, sometimes it means he's a giant success in the music industry. Cause he's willing to do this. Other times it means he's threatening people <laughs> with a shotgun, uh, you yeah. know, and, and, that he's that he manages to pull that together while also still doing a good impression. You know, like, I think it's worth noting that like, we are like, this is the first time we've talked about the mimicry aspect. Like we're talking about what he's doing with the character as a character, but I think he also, cause he has a very specific voice as does James Brown. And I think he, I think he does that really well. And of course the physicality has to be spot on as well. I know, I, I guess uh, Terrence did, did talk about that. Like, especially when it comes to like the movement, if you get this wrong, people aren't going to buy any, really anything else. And so clearly he studied and he mimics it perfectly. And if it were only that, I think the performance would be seen as fine. Uh, some people might think it's amazing and they give it an Oscar, like they did Jamie Foxx with Ray. But, uh, but I think he, he approaches James Brown as a character first and looks at all the different aspects and thinks like, okay, well, what is the through line here? How, and it's, it's this idea that like, if you take all the things that make him a success and just tilt it one way or another, you realize like, oh, okay. He is capable of so many different things that would seem crazy to us. uh, And indeed they are, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that it is out of character for this man. Um, I was really, I was really impressed by his performance and the old age makeup. I know it's not his responsibility, but the old age makeup is pretty good too. Uh, I don't want to get away from getting on without mentioning
1: um, Nelson Ellis, who is also a terrific He's good. actor He's who so also good died, died far too young. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe not as, as, prominent a body of work for us to do a, a profile on, on him, but he's also in the express by the way. But um, uh, yeah, Nelson Ellis is terrific in, in get on up. And I, uh, you know, watching, watching these movies made me sad for all the things uh, uh, we'll never see from Chadwick Boseman, but I had that. Uh, I didn't rewatch get on up cause I'd already seen it twice, but I rewatched the watching the express and seeing Nelson Ellis just also made yeah. me very, very sad about, about what, uh, what we missed out on from, from him. Yeah. He's great in the movie. Yeah. right. So now we get to move on to the final movie I watched in my, uh, I watched it just the other night. Um, Not not, not the final movie because the final movie was the newest one, but uh, the movie I caught up on uh, just the other night and that's 2016's Gods of Egypt directed by Alex Proyas. I'm sorry. um, (laughs) That
2: was one of the last ones that you
1: watched. (laughs) I mean, it's, I, I would say that, The movie, the two hours and seven minutes, like goes by super quick. So in a certain, like by a certain measure, it's not nearly as bad as people say. It wasn't like painful to watch, but it is Mm. painfully dumb and ugly to look at, which the Alex Proyas's movies often have like skirted that edge, you know, of being like arch. But then once he goes a little too far, uh, you get something that's like garish. And I think God's of Egypt is often very garish. Uh, the, the very visual idea of, uh, the gods being twice as, as tall as the humans never stops being uh, weird and off putting to, to, to look at, um, uh, the movie is also. I can tell that that Terrence has seen it. Tyler, you didn't watch
0: Gods of Egypt. I I didn't, and I I wanted to because for a few like when it came out, and actually for like I think like the year after that, like Alex Preuss was like really really vocal about like the uselessness of critics uh, and how they uh-huh. don't get it. Uh, but it, so the, the other thing that's, we'll get to Shadow Poison in a minute. But the other thing that's really
1: fascinating to me about Gods of Egypt <laughs> is that it has this very complex layered mythology right but then it has this like or at least aims for this like indiana jones lighthearted like kind of like like uh adventure like rakish tone so you've got people tossing off dialogue but it's about something that's like what wait what i'd never heard of the. so like there's a like uh, okay, I'll spoil that Rufus Sewell's character gets killed. Brendan Thwaites like is about to kill Rufus Sewell's character and then says like by the way, Apophis is going to eat the land of the dead, like you're not even getting get to live in the afterlife, but it's supposed to be this like like his triumphant like right before he kills the bad guy line, but it's like based on a thing that we just learned about half an hour ago. And- <laughs> Uh, and the movie's full of of ridiculous uh things like that it's it's attempts at 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 comedy are i think more so than any of the other wackadoo elements of this movie i think the repeatedly continuously trying to be funny is what really sealed the deal on this being uh a a bad movie but i i i I mean i i don't regret that i watched it i don't regret that i watched it um Go ahead. Do you regret that you watched it? Yes. Um, (laughs) It's so bad. Uh, To
2: circle back to a comment I made earlier, um, this is actually one of the more infamous roles in Chadwick Boseman's filmography. I remember when this movie came out, he was talking about, you know, being a black man wanting to play an Egyptian god and how much that meant to him. Um, and why he took the part, the reason why he had to be so vocal, there is not another, like, black person in this cast.
1: Yeah, it's a A movie movie that takes place entirely in Egypt. Yeah, yeah.
2: And it stars Jamie Lannister, uh, the King of Sparta, the guy playing Nightwing on Titans, uh, <laughs> I'm Electra. sorry, who plays
1: Nightwing on Titans? Brenton Thwaites. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, Electra from Daredevil. <laughs> Joffrey Rush. And it's just it's just nothing but white people.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, Jeffrey Rush plays Ra. Yeah, that's right. It is
2: insane that this movie was cast this way. Like, insane. Because, um, like, none of these Brenton Thwaites... And Nikolai Costa Walda, like I guess Game of Thrones was sort of in a peak, but like Elodie, like, none of these people are box office draws, with the exception of maybe Gerard Butler. And so that has an effect on this movie. Like, this movie is awful and it is compounded in awfulness by the way that it is cast. And I remember Chadwick Bozeman having to, they sort of threw him out like this sacrificial lamb, like in in the way that we ask Viola Davis about the help all these years later is like the way that he was having to deal with this movie. And it's like, he was, he probably saw that cast and was like, Oh, this is a mess. But like, we got to get some black representation up in here. And so he took this part, um, came out the same year as another movie that got him a lot of acclaim, but, and that's fine. Uh, so like, we sort of, I didn't realize that all of these movies, that this is in the, Civil War came out allegedly in the same year um, or very close to each other. But yeah, it's, it's, it's weird that this, it's not weird because you know, people, people need to pay their bills. I don't, I I don't think I'll ever sort of begrudge an actor from taking a role in like a blockbuster that may or may not be bad because it gets an opportunity to do something else. But this one, like he, I mean, he can't do anything to help save this movie and his presence in it really sticks out because he is the only black person <laughs> in the main cast. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, the other thing that stick well, uh, we get a little bit more of that. Um, uh, uh, what's the word I use? Like cockiness. There's some narcissism. Yeah. He plays the, he plays the Thoth, the God of wisdom mm-hmm. and who trusts no one more than himself to the point that all of his, at his pyramid or whatever where he lives i don't know wherever he works all of his helpers are just like uh copies of himself that he's made like like uh who's the x-man who does that uh makes copies of themselves multiple man uh, multiple man i guess is uh, that's what what he's done but there's also he's also playing i i don't know i don't know if this came up at the time he's he's playing him kind of effeminate am i wrong that he's kind of like doing the like the way that like bond villains are often like kind of uh uh uh, effeminate like that's but he's not a villain he's he's a good guy but uh uh it's it's an odd it's an odd choice because no one else in the movie is acting like that but no one else i I mean Might as well swing for the fences. I mean, nothing yeah. in this movie makes any sense. So why not a weird, a weird choice to play this god like a Bond villain? Um, but uh, yeah, I said that Get On Up was the only the only movie where we here they got to be funny. Uh, there's a lot of attempts at being funny in the script here, but uh, it's it's not funny. I don't know. I, I don't know. Did uh, I don't know if that ever it, came up at the at, at the time? Uh, no. uh In his review, it's bad.
2: Okay. <laughs> it, it just was, it just was really it was really like it's a whole bunch of white people playing egyptian gods and here's chadwick bozeman feeling like he needs to represent an entire community by taking the role which is what a direct quote and sort of what he said um and you know it was a, it was a big budget blockbuster hollywood hollywood has a a fascination with egypt and sometimes you know you get things like the mummy with brendan Fraser. Raisa oh. Vice, and then sometimes you get things like this.
1: <laughs> or sometimes you get things like the mummy with uh, Tom Cruise and uh, 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 yes. Jake Johnson, right? Yes,
0: yes. Uh. <laughs> not J- not Jake Johansson, the noted stand-up comedian. Um, <laughs> By the uh, way, David, okay. I really, I really like the way you've the when you're talking about like the period, the 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 pyramid where uh, the Chetokov's character where he works. <laughs> like, the idea that like he lives somewhere else, but it's like he just trudges into the pyramid every day.
1: But he, he's trying to like write down all of human knowledge, I guess. Mm. And so he's, he's got his helpers. He's like, he's on produce, I guess, when they get them and he's like talking about lettuce, he has like a speech about lettuce. And then Nikolai Costawaldo grabs the head of the head of lettuce and like tears it in half. And it's like, we don't have time for that. Now we need you to come help us uh, answer this Sphinx riddle.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. Somehow what both of you have said uh is convincing me to see this movie. I, I'll say oh, the no. the
1: garishness of it. I talked about this fall we got a, a, a UHD HDR TV and so I got I watched the movie in UHD HDR and uh it looked very very bright and colorful. The Maybe they're like this TV is doing its job uh, <laughs> yeah. with with this movie. Uh well, all right, well let's move on to the 2016 movie that uh I don't know most people like, I think Tyler and I are both not big fans of this movie, but uh, Captain America: Civil War uh, and what? and his uh, his debut as T'Challa. Neither of you like this movie.
0: I, I rewatched it. Uh, the first time I saw it, I did not particularly care for it. I recently rewatched it, and there are more moments that I that I like. But by and large, when I think of what the movie could have been and should have been, uh, I'm I'm frustrated by it it seemed like not a fully wasted opportunity but not far off either interesting
1: it yeah it feels like do you remember when you mentioned moments i think the problem of civil war is that it's too incoherent it's too disconnected Mm -hmm. it feels like do you remember when Marvel used to do those like little one shots? Those are like short films or whatever. Mm-hmm. Civil war feels like a bunch of Marvel one shots, like strung together for nearly oh. three fucking hours. Like, and it, that's why it feel I, I joked about, or I said like gods of Egypt for as bad as it, it, as it is, it moves along. I feel like civil war, Crawls along because each scene seems to have very little to do with the scene that came before it or the scene that comes after it, and it just never gets a, a momentum uh, going. But I will, uh, have,
2: I will have to disagree, uh, <laughs> all accounts. Um, but I think I think one thing that's interesting about this is I'm trying to sort of contextualize this movie with regards to Chadwick's career and then just the MCU overall. It has to. Land, so many things. One of them being T'Challa, and I think if you look at the way, I, I like Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. So before I say what I'm gonna say, like let the, the, the baseline. When I think about her and Iron Man two, in the impact that she had on that movie, as sort of a side character that's part of a bigger universe that is going to be brought into the fold a lot more. When I think about that versus how I think about the Herculean effort of a performance that Chadwick Boseman puts in as T'Challa to make that impact on you in civil war and become like fully expand like a universe. Like everything has been so America centric, so European centric. And now you've got this guy from Africa, this guy who we need to know is a badass, he's smart, he's rich, He's about to be the king. He's driven by jealousy. He has these cool female fighters. Uh, and at the end, he's going to become the ruler of Wakanda. All right, end of the movie. Like, that is a lot to nail when you know you want to put him in his own solo movie coming down the pike. And Chadwick Boseman just comes in and it's just, it's instantly iconic, you know?
0: Yeah, one of the, oh.
2: Yeah, like there's not a moment with him in this movie that is
0: not good. Yeah. One of the things that I think the film does fairly well is introduction of new characters. Cause obviously they bring Spider-Man in now, granted we have an association with the character of Spider-Man. Um, but by playing him, by him being so young uh, and playing that up, I think it works really well. And it just provides a, a different type of action and a different fighting style, which I appreciate because the rest of it seems really monotonous to me. But I do think that, You know, the I mean, when T'Challa is introduced, I mean, it's not long before suddenly a violent act happens and his and his father is gone. And so he is angry and vengeful for most of the movie. And I feel like. If the rest of the film, I think the film is actually at its best when it takes that tone, whether it be, you know, I think that's why the, the, the final fight between the three, uh, our three main characters, uh, not main character, but Iron Man, Captain America and Bucky, uh, that fight, I feel like there's so much more to it because it's got that anger. And I feel like the rest of the film, if it had taken its cues from T'Challa from Tony Stark towards the end so it just felt like this is a big deal that these guys that our heroes are fighting each other and he definitely sort of leads that charge even if he's not a lead of the film like his character is laser focused uh, and to me like the the final scene between him and Zemo is like one of the best scenes of the film
1: uh, I, that's it, what I was definitely going to, to bring up uh, uh, I made a note of that even uh, when I finally finally finished watching the movie the other day <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I even made that note, like it's because, because he's doing so much of the work that Terrence is talking about, that he's, that he's, um, uh, establishing this, uh, um, this, not just a character, but a, a new fold of the universe here. Um, it doesn't feel like he gets to do a lot of like acting, you know, not to sound like the guy from, uh, team America doing some acting, but, um, <laughs> but that quiet moment between Chadwick Boseman and Daniel Brühl, two incredibly talented actors, yeah. uh, is actually really powerful. Um, and I, and I, uh, I, unlike Tyler, I don't wish we had more of the vengeance. I guess I wish we had more of the, uh, acting bits
0: but i but i think that that's that's the situation because with these two characters we have guys that have lost a lot and are angry at the per at the people that took it away from them and that's and so that's at the core and so like yeah my big issue is that you the film kind of pays lip service to like a philosophical difference between the heroes and then it i feel well, like a band to- for yeah and then it abandons that and yeah. it's like oh man i would have been so much more interested if they had can if they had committed to that instead of this just turning into like pro or anti bucky uh you know and uh but again i think i think terrence you're absolutely right like that is a lot of weight on an actor's shoulders uh to essentially set up a new franchise with it and introduce like i said spider-man we know spider-man but i think a lot of people probably did not know black panther um until this movie and so he has to introduce him and and make us intrigued uh and that's that is a lot to carry and i and thankfully i think he he certainly pays it off in in the the film the black panther film but yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure on on an actor uh any kind i mean any kind of blockbuster uh that an actor is is required to shoulder i feel like that's that's really hard to do. It's something we take for granted. Like I remember something that I said, is it, that, uh, that I used to say is like, I didn't really like gladiator that much until I saw kingdom of heaven, which is not a bad movie, but you come to realize like Orlando bloom, a fine actor, but not the kind of actor that can carry an entire giant film like that. Whereas Russell Crowe can. And I think, you know, Chadwick Boseman, who, uh, is, is, a, uh, you know, a likable guy, uh, I feel, and, and is charming, but is that enough to carry not only an entire movie, but what would, what was going to be an entire franchise? And I think he showed, he, he showed in this film that he at least likely could, and then it pays off uh, a couple years later. Yeah.
1: Should we move on to the third and final film from his very busy 2016? Uh, yes. Yes. Which is message from the king, uh which I watched just the other night uh is uh it's a
0: the limey meets you are never really here um, <laughs> I watched the trailer and I was like, is this a direct remake, like reimagining of the limey? It seems so much like that um
1: so you haven't seen it Terrence? did you see message from the king Mm-mm. My okay. roommate like really like this movie. yeah it's i mean it, it's not bad if you have the stomach for the you were never really here type of like just Uh bleak, cynical violence. Um, uh, so, but it has a limey type presence, um, presence premise. Um, only instead of coming from the UK, he's coming from South Africa. And instead of looking for his daughter, he's looking for his sister, uh, who has disappeared, but he's still, uh, um, going all over Los Angeles. It is, uh, you know, I'm a stickler for this. Nobody else cares, but, the the geography of los angeles is respected in this movie uh you know when he goes from beverly hills to downtown he drives east on wilshire like through (laughs) it actually follows the actual like geography of los angeles which is something that i get hung up on when movies break uh uh, geographical character season two (laughs) which i um uh, stopped after the second or third episode mm-hmm. maybe so i yeah. didn't I, I didn't see all of that but um uh yeah so he's 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 coming to to look for his his sister and he uncovers and this is where we get into the you were never really here thing he uncovers a sort of uh uh ch- underage sex trafficking ring that involves uh hollywood higher-ups and uh a dentist <laughs> a dentist to the stars played by luke evans <laughs> um uh, Alfred Molina plays uh, uh, a movie producer um Teresa palmer plays uh, uh, a prostitute um talking about <laughs> uh, uh just stock roles here um I'm trying to remember who else is in it that's... Uh, I just
2: love the idea of, like, the Hollywood eats and a dentist.
1: <laughs> yeah, he literally is, like... Uh, oh, and then, oh, yeah, there is, like, you were never really here, there is a political uh, edge to it, because Chris Mulkey yeah. plays a uh, mayoral candidate. Um, mm. uh, I don't know. The movie's not that bad. It is... Um, uh i keep coming back to the word uh bleak um and it is it is violent but not in like a fun like john wick violent way (laughs) um it's sometimes uh upsettingly violent and and gory and and pessimistic but uh he uh gets to uh he he does the uh, essentially the same accent he's doing as t'challa in in this uh uh, in, in this role. So it's, I guess it just rolled over. He's just like, uh, <laughs> you know, or maybe he made message from the King first to practice his uh, guy from Africa accent for <laughs> the MCU. All
0: maybe right, the so character, maybe the character is supposed to be from Florida, but he refused to drop the accent. They're like, all right, I guess <laughs> let's just right change this. South Africa, yeah. <laughs> all right. So
1: I'm going to watch the movie so we can move on to 2017's Marshall directed by reginald hudlin um did you guys watch marshall yes or have you seen marshall
2: yes do you want to hear a slightly unpopular opinion i have about chadwick boseman in this movie oh sure i don't think he should have been cast as Thurgood marshall why is that so as i meant this is this is when I was like, oh damn, like he is about to play every famous black person
1: <laughs> in history.
2: <laughs> and like it's a, it's amazing that he was able to do that. I mean, that's quite an, an accomplishment. Um, and I kind of wanted him to not do it because I'm like another actor. Certainly there is somebody else who could use Marshall as like a stepping stone in the way that you got Jackie Robinson. Um, but also it You know, coming off of the heels of Gods of Egypt was a situation where it was like a whole bunch of white people in this Egyptian story. And here you have like Thurgood Marshall. The conversations, I think they were starting to cast um, the new X-Men series Um, and thinking about like somebody like Alexandra Shipp playing the character versus how she's portrayed in the comics. In, in my opinion, it was weird to have somebody with as dark a skin as Chadwick playing somebody who was as light a skin. Is there a good?
0: Oh. So I, like, I read about this. Yeah. That was yeah, a little I, bit. Uh, yeah.
2: It's not that he is not talented and didn't can't play this character. Cause he is a good actor and he did a good job. It just, this was where like the wanting to play every famous black person was starting to great on my, it might just be my personal Nerves because I was like this. You don't look like him. You know, I i don't I don't see what we're doing here other than you wanting to play another famous black person. Um, although he's good in the movie, it just I, I like it, it's a weird spot in his filmography for me.
1: I like that he plays up the uh, so I'll go back to what I was saying before the the confidence like he's yes. it, he's to the point where it, it could be off putting. He's, he's almost like, like arrogant, you know, when he, when he shows up, when he meets Josh Gad, his co-counsel for the first time, he's like, carry my bags. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, I, I, I that. I like that choice. I, I, I thought that was, um, uh, not just going through the motions of the mm-hmm. biopic uh, thing that he's, he's giving this character some, uh, some, some layers. And we come to see how as a lawyer that, um, uh, or, or even just as a prominent black man, that, that, that confidence is not uh, a hindrance. It's quite the opposite. It's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a part of uh, what it makes him so good at what he, at what he does. Um I think the movie is not very successful as just a courtroom drama. I don't think um, it actually makes a good, I don't think it does the, 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 just the basic like John Grisham shit of like making the case like dramatically interesting. You know, the, the case seems to be it, the, the case that they're fighting is clearly in, in terms of uh, uh, social justice and, and, and that sort of things. It's, it, it's, there's a lot of uh, points that it hits on, but I don't think it's a dramatically
0: interesting case. I, I disagree I actually think that because it is it's such an imperfect case you know there you have a, a and I think you know this leads to a moment of, of success but um, you know you have a defendant who has lied and has a and has an imperfect uh, background and of course the the prosecution is going to to play that up um, but I also really like the concept that that you know uh, Terrence, you were talking about this in regards to biopics like picking one aspect of a a prominent public figure's life and then using that to sort of extrapolate larger things and of all the 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 choice here to have it be this case where he didn't even really argue the case uh that's and that he has a a mouthpiece who is reluctant to be that and is definitely not as good as he is at that i think that's such a fascinating concept and one that was at first frustrating i'm like this movie isn't giving me the things that i want in a courtroom drama but that's one of the things that i like about it um and uh, and his performance i think is it's it's there are so many things, both in the way that's written, but also the way that he plays it. I think it works really well for me because he does have the confidence to the point of arrogance and occasionally probably is arrogant because, A, he does have right on his side and that can create a certain swagger, but also because of what he does, like he's going to be targeted by so many people in so many ways that he can't really show any sense of weakness. He needs to be sure of himself every step of the way. Otherwise people might, uh, they might exploit that in some capacity. Like he needs to project success and just the knowledge that he has right on his side. And I think he really does a good job with that. And, And but it also means that he can drive away the people that he needs to be close with, like the Josh Gad character. I think the two of them have a really nice chemistry. Um, It's it's an I I was I liked the film so much more than I thought I was going to because of some of the specific choices that it that it made, including the choice to to champion this case instead of something else. Um, And I think that he there are moments where Thurgood is not he's sympathetic but he's not likable um because of his because of his attitude and and that is a lot of that comes through in the performance like they could have played this character as just just squeaky clean you know purer than the rest of us uh morally and intellectually but they i think he brings him i think he brings a real humanity and uh, i wouldn't necessarily like the the idea of a character being flawed but just like But he makes him seem like just a a real person who at times goes too far, even when he is attempting to do something good. As far as rhetoric and as far as uh, uh, personality, Um, I really liked I'm surprised at how much I liked the movie and I'm not surprised at how much I liked his performance. But he did some stuff I wasn't expecting, which I was really excited about.
1: I like studying K Brown. Uh, sure, and uh, you know uh, he and I are both St. Louisans. I gotta, <laughs> I was gonna call out all the great St. Louisans uh, that enrich our lives uh, is every that, day.
2: Is that, what is that? How you really say people from St. Louisans? Is that how
1: people from St. Louis are St. Louisans? Yeah. But what would you say? I
2: don't know. I just—I've never heard anybody refer themselves to themselves as St. Louisian.
0: I try—I try not to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah, understandable. St. Louis is not a real place.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, then, where did Sterling K. Brown come from? That's what I want to know. Okay, but Marshall St. Okay, Louis, oddly enough, uh, uh, this is has nothing to do with Chadwick Boseman. Marshall was a theatrical release, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it was—it's in the. Two to one aspect ratio, which is very common for like made for Netflix type of uh, mm. movies and TV shows, like your prestige, like House of Cards okay. and The Crown, or two to one. Um, but uh, uh, I thought that was very, very uh, bizarre. That uh, there's very few theatrical release movies that are that are two to one. That seems to be a streaming aspect ratio.
0: Well, the, the director seems to have a lot more experience with TV mm-hmm. than than with film
1: uh yeah i don't know maybe it was uh produced with the idea of being a streaming movie and then picked up for the i don't know just something i i noticed the aspect ratio all right so now we get to move on to the the most famous uh stuff three movies in a row in which you played uh t'challa but we we'll obviously we'll be focusing on The movie black panther itself and uh terrence as uh the biggest black panther fan that i uh have ever met why don't you go ahead
2: um yeah i mean this this movie is like it's it's uh there's a lot of i have a lot of emotions about, (laughs) about this movie um so like as people as we've lived through that was like a really big I think when they first announced it at like at some some investor, Kim Fikey was doing something, and he was like, "All right, we're going to do Black Panther," and it became and everybody was excited, and it became like this moment. Um, you know, it like people were more exci- I think people were more excited for this movie than they had been for any other MCU movie. Um, overall uh because we were excited to go to wakanda excited to see you know a country full of black people something you know we met this cool dude uh chadwick boseman you know in the movies before and then we get to this one um and you know and for marvel it's a landmark film it grossed over a billion dollars it got them a best picture nomination at the oscars first superhero movie Mm. um to have that distinction. It won three, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um,
1: it is the highest grossing MCU movie that doesn't have Avengers in the title.
2: Yeah. Like it, it was a big deal. Um, the, the reason why I talked this is like, this was the last movie I saw with my mom before she passed away, uh, from cancer. So it's, it's a very like sweet thing to think about that Chadwick Bozeman had cancer, passed away from cancer um it was sort of that was like the last experience that i had with her um but i say all that to say that i think it's a phenomenal movie um i think chadwick boseman this performance his performance in black panther in particular what he's being asked to do is really really difficult he's essentially playing the straight man in this ensemble. Yeah. Like everybody else <laughs> in this movie is doing things that are more complex than the journey his character has to take. Like he is going from becomes the king, sort of gets disillusioned about the country, you know, gets hurt, has to fight for the country and get it back. Pretty straightforward narrative but when you're looking at what everybody else around him is doing and what ryan coogler is doing with all of those characters in his orbit it's it's a performance that i think can easily be taken for granted because he's not you know he doesn't have lines like michael b jordan's that hey auntie line drives me insane um that was where his performance started to fall apart. Uh, But Chadwick's never fell apart (laughs) (laughs) throughout this movie. But yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because when you are the lead and you have to be like the straight man in this ensemble, but like, it's your movie. So you still have to be doing interesting things performance wise that will keep us interested. And I think that he did that incredibly well. You know, it's why when, what happens to that character in infinity war happens there is such an impact. Um, one of the funniest things, my dad went to go see Infinity War for some re- reason. Um, he, Black Panther was sort of the only MCU movie he's seen, and then he went to go see Infinity War. Yes,
0: it's got that guy from 42.
2: <laughs> he was like, he was like, so they just don't kill T'Challa like that? <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even know he wanted to see that, but it's because Black Panther had this, like, this moment in time you know that essentially like that movie had like a two year run i'm talking about from when people first heard about it to like the oscars it was like two years of hype and excitement um and so it it, it is the iconic movie in in his filmography um it's also a really great performance because like it just it just is really hard when you've got everybody else around you Getting to be interesting in different ways, but you have to carry the ship and still not bore us
1: that's what I'm talking about when I talk about how how because of his presence it was he had a very yeah. inspiring presence, and so people tended to cast him as uh you know representations of uh, of, of ideas <laughs> yeah. uh, and ideals more more uh accurately.
0: Yeah it's yeah. it's one of those things like if you go back and look at like the Batman movies of the 90s I f- I mean as good a job as as Michael Keaton and in my opinion Val Kilmer did you know, it, it doesn't matter how like the the conflict that they would sometimes feel. It was the kind of conflict that I think a lot of people can relate to, even if the situation is outlandish. It's just like, oh, yeah, T'Challa, you know, he's kind of he's sort of doubting himself, doubting if he can do this and starting to realize that maybe his father wasn't perfect and all that. It's like mm-hmm. at its core, a lot of people can relate to that as opposed to Killmonger, who, as is the case with like any villain, like there's just so much. He's just, there's just so much, uh, I will not say over the top, but there's just such heightened stuff that he's dealing with. And so it'd be, it's so easy. Like when there's a fight between them, I mean, officially we're not on Killmonger's side, but it's easy to see him as the more dynamic character because what his, what his arc is versus what T'Challa's is, is the kind of thing that is more for lack of a better term exotic. Um, but yeah. And yet, despite like what you were saying, despite, all of this, despite sharing the screen with a Forrest Whitaker and Michael B. Jordan and these these other like really reliable character actors, we do come away from this movie with like, it is black panther's movie Mm -hmm. it is chadwick boseman's movie and the fact that he's able to do that while playing a character that that some could and probably me at the time uh could see as for lack of a better term boring um or bland uh i think that does speak to what i was talking about before which is the ability to carry a movie as big as this um when the the writers are Giving you an arc, but in but in that arc, they're not doing you any favors as far as playing okay. big moments, yeah. you know, and uh, and I thought it was really uh, it's it's really marvelous what he's able to do in that movie. Uh, oh hey, it's really DC-ous. uh That's a dumb joke. I'm sorry. Okay, we can move on. Well, uh, we can just roll into
1: the Avengers uh, movies. You already mentioned um, Infinity War, and then here where he has to be. Um, uh, sort of a bridge between you know the uh, Wakanda that has remained secret for all this, these years and his decision to open up uh, uh, Wakanda at least a little bit mm-hmm. and he's bringing in these uh, outside uh, superheroes. Maybe the, in a sense there might be even be more for him to do character wise in yeah. some of the early parts of Infinity War. Um, There's
2: uh, a lot of interesting, you know, thematic things that you think about like in in the media. You're just like, oh Lord, please let just let all the black people on comp to be safe. <laughs> like I was like, please, just I know we have to go there, but please. And then you're kind of thinking about it like, oh, this is what happens to African countries when they open up their borders.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <to> Europeans
2: into <laughs> Americans, um, but yeah, Infinity War. I mean, you know, he gets to fight. You know, he gets to be like this sort of. Safe haven for these heroes, and because of how good and how iconic he was in Black Panther, the ending of Infinity War and what happens in Endgame is like
1: Mm.
2: like a one two punch. (laughs) You know, like and the Russos and Marcus and McFeely when they were when he when he was like this is no place to die, and then just (laughs) letters in the wind. like that is what really told me that like they mean business. Um I knew they were going to undo it, but you know that Of course, yeah. Yeah. But for those characters, you know, Yeah, those- it was
1: tough like cuz I love Infinity War so much. Uh I've watched it so oh, many times uh and um uh I I remember leaving the press screening, like almost like in a bad mood. I was like, I can't believe they fucking did that. And then like, by the time I like drove home, I was like, oh, that was, that was the right thing to do. They like the fact that I'm having this reaction means they did, they did the right, the right
0: thing cynical part of me <laughs> thought like okay so who are they going to kill they're going to like it's infinity war and if you know your comic books you know that not everyone's going to make it out of this one uh and i felt like okay they're probably going to go with everyone who doesn't have their own movies um you know like <laughs> yeah, black widow know. like uh hawkeye um and so the idea and i was like okay all right dr strange is gone all right fair enough but then it's like oh shit spider-man's gone oh shit black Panthers has got like they're like yeah they mean business and i remember at the time um i was uh i wasn't teaching yet so i was just um i was driving for lyft and i remember and i had gone to the critic screening and i a few days before and then friday night i picked up a lot of people like at movie theaters like on the way out and they were very quiet. They said, <laughs> and 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 I said, "How you doing?" They're like, and I remember a few people said, "Like, I just saw Infinity War." I was like, "Oh, how you doing?" And they're like, "Whew, that was that was rough."
2: And I purposely went to see it a second time after the critic screening just so my. I could be in a theater when that moment happened. Oh yeah.
0: but Uh, then
1: yeah uh, but i've watched infinity war multiple times it's not just that the end is so upsetting it's that it's the most fun movie in the world for like two hours and 30 minutes and then the
0: the this disastrous thing thing happens Mm -hmm. and it's and it is interesting in infinity war that yes, like the first person we hear is Falcon, but the first person we see come back uh, and come back in such a, dram- such a dramatic presentational fashion is uh, black Panther, you know, just like oh, yeah. walking through. And I guess we know that the portals are, are Dr. Strange, but he's not on screen yet. So like we see like them in silhouette and he walks out very purposefully. And I always thought that was very interesting. Um because
2: oh disney knew it I, I oh yeah they knew what they were doing like even though in in my mind the you know the more emotional moment would have been if 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 bucky came out of that portal first sure. you know for steve cuz that's the love story of the of the mcu uh brotherly love not any other kind of love um, cuz they would never do that uh <laughs> but like
1: <laughs> no you didn't hear end game has uh, uh a gay character in it the first marvel movie <gasps> yeah with, mean, uh, with a gay it character it it's the one, one guy true. who has one line at the it support was,
2: group it was one of the brothers and that moment did shock me because i was not expecting it at all <laughs> <So> <laughs> i'll give them slight credit for that but yeah See, it's i like, think
1: i that, that we talked about this uh I can't remember because like we talked about, uh, off mic time has no meaning anymore. Whenever we had Katie Walsh on, we talked about Disney's idea of inclusion and representation. Just like, it's insu- like eye-rollingly insulting. Mm-hmm. So just like, so that, and the, again, insulting, like here's all the female superheroes in one shot thing in Endgame. That stuff. Ooh, I thought
0: you liked that. You told me I, ahead of time that you no, liked that.
1: I No, I told you it did. <laughs> I, I told you it didn't bother me but you're going to hate it is well, what that's I said. True, yes. I uh, I but I no, I uh, it it <laughs> but it didn't bother me in the sense that like I it didn't take me out of the movie but I rolled my eyes a little bit. Just like yeah, yeah that that's the way that, that Disney does uh, does these things. Yeah,
2: T'Challa coming out of the portals first was just like I I remember I was sitting next to a good friend and I was just like I mean after Endgame just has so much in it um that i loved and is such a good example of like what annoys me about like reboots and things is when they try and like revisit other things from the franchise's particular history um the hobbit movies are guilty of this um but like don't make them a part of the story it just kind of is like this thing. that are like, "Oh yeah, like wink, wink." Like we've we've done this thing, and it's like, "Endgame earns like the runtime. It earns those things oh, yeah. it's you back and it's giving you new things or new wrinkles to establish history." And even with all of that said, it, the, there are two moments: Steve and the hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I screamed. Legitimately, <laughs> in the theater, <laughs> what I would have saw it at, at Disney. And then T'Challa coming out first, I was like gripping the seat. I was so excited <laughs> to see him come out. Um, and that's a credit to Chadwick Boseman. Um, yeah, and it, it's a uh, second to last appearance in the MCU um, for him. He's doing voice acting on What If? Mm. i didn't know that
0: but yeah one thing that i will mention um from to go back to infinity war that i that i always thought was a a cool visual is when the big fight at the end is going to happen and everyone's running but both captain america and t'challa are like superhuman so like they're just immediately they're both like way ahead of everyone else and and i do like the i mean again like captain america by that time i mean obviously like uh black panther was a huge movie but captain america is like a much better known character and by having this let this lesser known character and who knows when they added that maybe they maybe they incorporated that after they saw the box office receipts for (laughs) black panther i don't know but either way like they're they're saying like hey as far as ability like this character that is lesser known is right there with this other character. And some people might think that that's like a, a ham fisted, like nod towards something, but it worked for me because the, and the fact that these two characters while initially starting out as like enemies in civil war, uh, have a great deal of respect for one another. And I don't know, I, their relationship while not nearly as close as like Captain America and Bucky or whatever, um, I, I always liked it because it, it really does have like this professional respect kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I loved, I loved that moment. Um, that was so fun to see them running with each other. Um, I loved it for other reasons that I cannot go into on this, uh, wholesome podcast.
1: Uh, I don't think we've never been that, accused of being wholesome before What are <laughs> talking about Terrence. Yeah.
2: Uh, it was, it was nice to see. To, Not ugly people matching each other's physical prowess.
1: Okay. Got it. All right. Yes. Um, All right. Well, that wasn't... Endgame was not the only movie that he released in 2019. There was also 21 Bridges. Did you guys... I watched 21 Bridges the other night. Uh, I did not. I've seen it. (laughs) Again, I I keep (laughs) coming back to this thing. It's sad we won't get to see more... Uh, for a guy who was so, so often tasked with playing these these big important roles, it is sad we didn't get to see him have dumb fun more often. Because Twenty One Bridges is a pretty dumb. It's, it's sort of his version of a late career Liam Neeson type of like uh, gritty, but like gritty in quotation marks, but actually pretty uh, superficial and du- again dumb uh, action thriller. Um, it's also very much in. I would say in many regards, it's very much propaganda um yeah uh, although it has a lot of corrupt cops in it too i still think it falls on the propaganda uh side of the uh, of the spectrum but um i don't know what else to say about it terrence what do you think
2: um so i kind of sort of help work on this movie
1: um okay it's uh
2: on like a social side because that's what i do in my day job uh and I know that like for him, this was like a big, this is like the first thing he's done post Avengers. So this was like, I don't, I want to do a real, real person, you know, film. I don't want aliens and, you know, hammers and, (laughs) and suits of iron. I want to play a person and I want to, lead the movie. Um, I want to produce it. Like, I want... It it was, And he teamed up with the Rousseau brothers, I think, to produce this movie. Um, And so, like, it's... It's silly. It is. Um, I think it... was an interesting jumping-off point to the next two movies, just in terms of, like... All right, so, like, what... One of the things I... am annoyed by certain actors in the MCU and what they choose to do in between the movies of the MCU. Um, like Chris Hemsworth deciding that he is only going to be in franchise movies.
1: Like, or, wait, like the, the Huntsman or yep, the Huntsman. Men in Black. Ghostbusters. Believe, forgot about that, that existed. Yeah, Ghostbusters, yeah. It's like... Or well, what he, about Extraction? Is there going to be an Extraction too?
2: Or he's going to do... Well, he's, he's coming around. Okay. <laughs> but like, there was like a, a... Like if you go to his IMDb, it's like that Michael Mann movie. Black Hat. Is like the only movie in like a 10 to 15 movie chunk that is not that is an original film.
0: He was in, uh, uh, bad times at the Royale, and he's marvelous in it. So that's number two. Okay. (laughs)
2: And what I'm saying is like, when you get power by virtue of stardom for being in these movies and you can get things made, at least try and do something interesting. Um, which is what I think, Chadwick was attempting to do with this movie. He's like, I'm going to play this cop. I'm going to play this. I can use my T'Challa star power to get this fun detective crazy thing made. Um, you know, quality not, but to me it's, it's like, it's like a Saturday morning movie, right? Like you're flipping through the TV and you, you come on TV sure. and you see this movie and you sit down and you're like, Oh, I don't really want to watch this. And then, you know, two hours later you've seen the whole movie. <laughs> um, it's, it's that type of film to me, but yeah, it just is interesting to see that this is like the first, you know, post Avengers project and where it would go from here. It's like 21 bridges to five bloods, which we'll talk about in my radio's black, like, that's quite a fascinating, like, yeah. Oh, I'm a big star. Now mm-hmm. yeah. I can do X, Y, and Z. Whereas, you know, Scarlett Johansson is was great at this, right? She was in Avengers and then she went to Broadway and won a Tony. And then then she got double Oscar nominated. You know, like I need them to be doing more of that. Follow <laughs> follow Chadwick's lead. <laughs> you you have the power. Make something interesting. Uh
1: yeah, I don't have anything else to, to really add to yeah. Toronto Bridges. It's got a good supporting cast. Uh I like yes. uh If Beale Street can talk Stephen James you got uh, J.K. Simmons, Sienna Miller, Taylor Kitsch, Keith David, Alexander Siddig. Uh, yeah, good cast. All right, should we move into 2020? Sure. And uh, uh, the Five Bloods, um, uh, a title one of those titles that I always feel weird saying because I have to say it with the dub, yeah. but I do not have the personality or diction <laughs> to sell that i always
0: uh, i always feel like this guy on the block but if you don't do it then it looks like an act of defiance right in a very specific way right.
1: <laughs> um, yeah so the five bloods um i went into this movie not knowing anything about it intentionally like i even though i Uh, It took me a while to get around to it because I was busy, uh, you know, watching movies, other movies at the time. Uh, I managed to avoid knowing what the movie was about uh, uh, at all. So um, I didn't know how small a part it is, to be honest, in terms of screen time. But once again, he's playing... Oh, he's playing
0: an idea. He's playing the idea
1: that that all of the other characters in the movie or all the other main characters, at least, are... uh, uh, are inspired by or striving for trying to live up to or judging themselves for not living up to. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I didn't realize it was such a small role in terms of actual screen time. Yeah.
2: That's a hard man. He Chadwick did not do many easy parts. (laughs) Like, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, when they think of acting, and they think of like a cameo or like a supporting role. And it's like, Oh, that was easy. Like you just came there on like a couple of days and you shot this thing. And it's like, like, no, you still have to make it. (laughs) You still have to, you know, show up for work and make an (laughs) impact on the, on the movie. Um, and so, you know, whether it was big or small, like he has an impact.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and the the scenes that he is there for are, of course, vital and and he plays a giant role. I mean, he is the essentially the leader of these guys when he is alive. And so, like when they are hearing about, you know, the assassination, uh, it's his job to like. I forget if he's the one that breaks the news or they hear it over the radio or something like that, but it's his job to kind of corral them and direct their rage. Uh, and that's a very hard while still clear, clearly being furious himself, you know, like he's, he's giving himself the same for lack of a better term pep talk as anybody else. And that's a really hard thing to do because it with, especially with a character like this, it could be easy to just say, Oh, well, I basically am just, these characters memories and they're remembering me in sort of an idealized way. So I'm just going to play him like that. No, he plays him as a full blown character. And I think he, I, I really like, I think the film is, is, is imperfect. um, But I think uh, his performance and just the way that character is conceived is um, is really effective. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. So should we, uh, finish up with the movie that I just watched yesterday on sure. Netflix, George the one that C. I watched Seawolf's
2: finished 15 minutes before this podcast, yet. Oh, <laughs> <all
1: right. laughs> uh, George Seawolf's Ma Rainey's black bottom. Uh, I really liked this and weird, like Tyler, to go back to something you were saying before about what we never saw, this is as close as maybe Chadwick Boseman did come to kind of playing dumb, but not dumb in like, a uh he's not mentally
0: like hindered but he's dumb
1: in the young and dumb
0: uh, yes he's he's impulsive and yeah absolutely um but there's still a shrewdness to him like uh in the way that he is aware of the things that he is aware of you know it's the kind of thing that like he uh it's the character, I mean, is not that far from like the core of his, of his version of James Brown. Like he knows what he's aware of. He knows what's expected of him. He knows what, that he is able to push other people to do something that will benefit him. Um, but he also is unable to shut off his emotions. Um, it's a, it's a really, I I didn't necessarily love this movie, but there's a lot of things I l- that I love about it. Uh, and his performance is, is really, is really something because he's not the most likable character either. I take it from Terrence's Twitter that he didn't really love the movie either.
2: So I, I really liked it. And then, one particular scene happened and I was like, what the hell is this? Um, well, and, I, then, uh, and then the final, final scene happened and I okay. was like, this is brilliant. And so I'm, I'm on a, like, I liked this movie a lot. Um,
1: I, I think I might be closer to love uh, on this movie than either of either of you yeah, guys. Cause
2: that final moment with Chadwick Boseman's character is it, it's tough when you're watching a movie and like, you know, we've all, we've analyzed a lot of movies. And so we know kind of what we might have done in that scenario, mm-hmm. uh, with the movie in this character. Um, and to me it, that moment is so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like just in terms of like where, what the story has, has done, even though I think the movie has set up the characters violence um, the act of violence and when it ha- I, like to me, something more compelling would have. I'm trying not to spoil this movie, but like yeah, to have that character be alone in that sure. space. Um, yeah, no, Chadwick is really, really great in this film. Yeah. Um, I think that August Wilson is not an easy playwright. To um words like he's very he's very he's known for being very musical in his words like you'll hear viola davis has done several of his plays on stage as well as winning the oscar for fences but she would be like august wilson will literally could literally sit in a room close his eyes have you reciting you know the words and realize where you missed a the sentence and like make you do it all over again so like it his words and the language of his of his material um adapted here by Ruben santiago hudson is not easy to get and i think Chadwick has a an interesting character to play like he's this guy who you know they call him foolish they call him a fool for most of the movie and he's got he's got like this forward thinking and he's got you know this youth about him that he's like oh i'm all things are going to work out for me and then they're joking a little bit too much and you get slapped with a monologue about what happened to his mother, mm, yeah, and, his and it's like oof, and it appropriately stops the movie. Um, and he's really great in it, and you could see how that would come out. And then he, you know, things start happening, and he's really playing with this. And it's it's just interesting to watch. There's two things that's really interesting about this. It's like one, interesting to watch somebody equally as opinionated and as sure of themselves as Ma Rainey is, which I think his character, I think Levy is very much, they're very much the same person, just in different circumstances. She has a success, but she is just annoyed by everything. And he doesn't have a success and he is annoyed by everything. Um, and then also it's really interesting to see Chadwick play a type of character like one thing that i i did raisin in the sun in, in high school um and one of the main characters in that is benita and she questions god and it's like an interesting aspect of of black plays where they're all like really famous ones i think there always seems to be a character who like questions god and the validity of god and like the black experience um maybe not necessarily as violently <laughs> and as explosively as as he does but he plays that moment so well that it doesn't feel out of place which is why the final moment with that character felt out of place for me because i was like all right we don't a third revisiting of this sort of cycle of, of build-up and anger is, is a little bit much but yeah i think he he acquitted himself really nicely he went toe-to-toe with viola you know, and that's not easy. And, she, and she's yeah.
0: pretty marvelous, too. And there's just there's yeah. such there's similar characters at their core. But like the way like he's just like this sort of motor mouth, like ball of energy. And she is just like this force of nature that just slowly yeah. steams through a room uh, and to, to see them uh, interact with each other. The whole cast is, is really good. Um, but uh, and it was fun. It was fun to see a couple of like actors that were on the wire like but they played sort of these these side characters like brother Mozone and and all that um but uh but yeah his his performance I, i i do think that there's i admire that he i mean he he played so many noble characters i i admire that he's willing to play a character who is again not particularly likable uh and in some cases might not even be really sympathetic there's that monologue there which which carries him a certain uh a certain way along but then you're just like yeah but he's also just impetuous and frustrating yeah. um but then also just the way that he plays other characters like the way he played thurgood marshall as as a guy who is not always just because he's just because he's right doesn't mean you always like him uh and i feel like that's that's something that i appreciate because when you play a black Plan- black panther or you play these other like monumental figures in history you could just be like all right this their reputation is going to play the character and i just need to show up and do that um but as seen by by this film it's it is the kind of thing um i, I felt this way about phelps and hoffman which is like really great body of work but at the same time you realize like if he'd been around for, for 20, 30 more years, and even that would be dying young, but like if he had been around 20, 30 more years, like he would have shown us so much more Uh, not, not to suggest he wasn't, but like he might've found different, different beats to play and he might've really taken more chances. And that's why, you know, when you see, oddly enough, I feel this way about like John Candy, when you see him in like JFK, or you see admittedly the kind of character he plays in cool runnings you see what he was capable of as an actor you are like oh and we could have just kept going in that direction um and with with something like uh black bottom and him playing like august wilson's like oh this really he hadn't really done anything quite like that before and he probably would have done more of it and it's a shame that we wouldn't have gotten to i'm glad we got this but it's a shame that we wouldn't get more of it yeah, I mean, most of my
1: favorite, many of my favorite performances in just the history of movies are of characters that I like and yet continually find myself frustrated by because sure. they're so human and flawed and that's what levy is like i really like levy uh, uh, a lot this character but then at so many turns i'm just like dude you don't need to be like you could stop <laughs> yeah. talking for right right now yeah. um and like yes those are nice shoes they actually are uh, uh that's one, one of the things <laughs> oh. i love about this movie because i uh, tend to um pay a lot of attention to what characters wear in, in movies. And I think that as you
2: yourself are always very snazzy. I don't think I've run into you not in like <laughs> a sport coat and a button up shirt. And sometimes
1: well, I've, I've worn it. have worn a sport coat maybe once in the last nine months now, but yeah. uh, yes, that's usually, I usually wear uh, a, a coat and tie um, uh, or something like that. But uh, yeah. And the, the one thing I love about George C Wolf and his costume designer, whose uh, name I should learn Per my uh, New Year's resolution, what's what's her name? Anne Roth. Anne Roth. Um, uh, everybody in this movie looks sharp, but also looks sharp in a way that is specific to them. You, you know, um, uh, I uh, so I love I love his. His his suit. I love his brand new shoes in the movie. I also love his uh, very thick part in his hair, and then the yeah. one little piece of hair at the front of the part that's a little out of place. That's like a. It's <laughs> sort of like it shows you like this guy looks on the outside like he's got it together, but something's like falling apart uh, 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 under there. And then you've got ma Rainey, who uh looks crazy but yeah. in a way that is fascinating like she's yeah. got uh yeah. you know she's got these these gold tees she's got uh eye makeup that looks like it's been running like from from sweat <laughs> which maybe it has but it also seems to look like that all the time uh it's the the movie is so much fun to look at not just in a production design and cinematography way but in a costume way um and i uh, i think chadwick uh, boseman filled that costume uh to 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 a T.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah he's he's great It. i was i was worried watching this that, it, that like you know i've talked about the reasons why black panther is so emotional for me uh probably won't be revisiting that movie for a minute uh but i was worried that i was gonna be like oh, am i gonna watch this and just be sad the whole time um and i was not because yeah. he's so Good at embodying the essence of that character, you know. Not you, you know, it's so annoying. People are like, "Oh, so and so becomes this part," but like, okay. in at least in this movie, it was like, I know I'm looking at Chadwick Boseman, but like, I'm feeling all of the things that he wants me to feel via the character, and not via you know outside factors, uh, which I think is a mark of a really good performance.
0: Yeah. It's something that, that I've, I've talked about before. It always bothers me when someone says, Oh, so-and-so they just play themselves. Not to suggest anyone has said that about Chadwick Boseman, but like, Oh, well like that's not that great of a performance. And it's like, yeah, he might not have been doing an accent and he's done accents elsewhere, but like, he might not be doing an accent here, but do you believe what he's feeling and, and does that make you feel something if that's the case, then it's a marvelous performance. And it really is. And it is, you know, uh, I mean obviously he'd been sick for a while Mm -hmm. and he made this you know towards the end uh and i find myself i i watch uh, a lot of old episodes of siskel and ebert um you know and once you start watching them around 98 and 99 you can you can see siskel is declining um but also because he had there was something with his brain like he still he would still talk and he would still make good points but he wasn't quite as quick as he was before and so there was he was diminished in what he in in the thing that he did and it was really sad to watch that and aside from as david mentioned aside from chadwick Boseman being very thin which frankly I feel like kind of fits the character of Levy, but uh, you know, when you know, eventually what would happen to him, you like, okay, that looks almost that's sickly thin, but you know, he didn't hold anything back in when you realize how long he'd been sick and he, and he didn't hold anything back from any of his characters physically or emotionally or anything like that. And I feel like when you see what his characters are, you know, what the character requires of him in this last film, you realize like, yeah, he was, he was, going to give it his all and i'm trying not to like romanticize someone just because they're gone but like he was going to give it his all right up until the end and he certainly did and the fact that like he delivered perhaps his best performance at the very end of his of his career and his life uh, i think speaks speaks well of of his commitment to the craft
1: all right well um very uh very sad um uh, about what, what, what could have been, but very glad to have been joined by Terrence uh, to count down the, or to count down, one movie uh, of <clears throat> no, to, uh, to recount the career of, of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, Terrence, thank you for joining us. That was fun to be here uh you can find us at uh battleship you can email us at david at battleship pretension.com or tyler battleship pretension.com you can follow me david on twitter at davy pretension this week on the website check out reviews of herself and pieces of a woman for me uh you can find tyler on twitter at tyler pretension tyler do you have anything to plug this week uh not this week but there's uh stuff coming up and terrence where can people find you should you want them to
2: uh ooh, that's a, that, that caveat in there. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Terence B Johnson. It's Terrence with one R, no A. Um, and then I'm at lenoiauteur. dot net. L uh, E N O I R A U T E U R dot net. I should hopefully be wrapping up my 2020 movie watching in a top ten at some point this month with other, you know, sort of year interviews of the longest year that we've ever lived
0: yeah <laughs> well uh, uh, and okay. and just wanted to remind everyone before we sign off because i just forgot until right now um to uh, to pre-order uh were you going to say this david sorry did no, i, I had on forgotten
1: you? until you until you yeah, said yeah. it
0: just now yeah we're not good at this david yeah. you'd think we'd be better um but yeah uh the book uh the 101 best movies of the 2010s, which will be made available uh, later this month. I believe Um, everything looks like that's what it's, what it's going to be, but you can pre-order it right now for $14.99 plus uh, shipping. We only ship at the moment in the United States, but I'm looking into international uh, soon, but uh, yeah, so just go to BattleshipRetention.com and on the, on the left-hand side of the, of the page, you will see a button um, that you can click to, to get your, uh, to pre-order your, copy and you guys will be the top priority. Uh, once we get uh, the shipments in, we're sending them to you guys first. And then maybe we'll hold off on a couple days for everybody else. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we're very, I, we're very proud of, of the book and a lot of people contributed to it. And uh, I think you guys will like it quite a bit.
1: All right. So uh, thank you again, Terrence, for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you at home for listening.
0: We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.